Tonight, we're talking tiny cyberpunk with the man himself. Alan Barr from Gallant Night Games is the latest tiny D6 system game that uh, Alan is putting out. And uh, we're going to find out uh, what design issues he's he's had with this and and what he's learned along the way of this tiny d6 system which we just put out tiny dungeon tiny supers uh tiny cthulhu all sorts of tiny tiny uh rpgs so is this one his best one yet stick around we're going to talk tiny cyberpunk with alan barr Hey everyone, welcome to Victory Conditioning Gaming. My name is Doug. Today on the show, we're playing, we're, we're not playing, we're talking so, Tiny Cyberpunk with the game the game's creator, uh, the one and only Alan Barr from Gallant Night Games. Uh, before we start, I would just like to remind folks that if you are interested in anything that we talk about during this session, go check out the Kickstarter. The link's in the description of the video. And uh, yeah, it's already d over doubled its uh, funding goal. It's at, uh, it had a goal of 10,000. Uh, and uh, now it's over 22, which is awesome to see. Still got uh, 18 days to go as of this recording, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about it and uh, what uh, what uh, plans uh, Alan has for for this uh, for this project. So, with that being said, let's bring on Alan himself, and that is Alan Barr. Hey, whoa, what up, Alan? Welcome back. It's been a hot minute since you've been on the show. Yeah, or year or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when 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 was the last uh, tiny project? I think we we talked about that. That was uh, twenty twenty one. Mechas and monsters, yeah. Mechas and monsters uh, revised, uh, which was uh, really really well received from uh, everyone that uh, that received it. And uh, yeah, typical, so. typical. So. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great uh, great game. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited that you're on uh, on the session on the session to talk a little bit about the next one, Tiny Cyberpunk. This has been something that uh, the community has been looking forward to for quite some time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. When, when did you start working on Tiny Cyberpunk? Uh, Twenty. I think I wrote the first draft in 2018. So wow. we uh, we were planning to do it in 2020 and. You know, there was a bunch of other cyberpunk games that came out in 2020, notably Cyberpunk Red, Cyberpunk 2077. What? Yeah, they might have heard no. about them and everything. Um, and so I was like, ah, maybe we'll wait, give ourselves a little bit of breathing room and do some other stuff in between. You know, no reason to sure. jump into a crowded market. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So this has been something that you've been working on for a little while. Yeah. Um, have have you been even uh, playtesting it at all? Have you had uh, some initial feedback on it? It's been yeah, yeah it's positive. basically done. Like our Patreons already have the work in progress document. Like they can play it right now. So anything that's changing is just going to be generalized feedback or edits. Like hasn't been edited, obviously. But yeah, our Patreons have uh, they've had it for a bit, so they're playing it, and getting very cool with it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you launched the Kickstarter. What was it? Tuesday? It was a couple, few days ago. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it hit its funding goal right away, which yeah. is awesome to see. It just yeah, it was really nice. Shows that the uh, the community is really, really looking forward to this this project. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell folks a little bit about sure. uh, what the, what they're going to back on the Kickstarter and what the let's, let's, let's show folks? Yeah, let's show folks a little bit about uh, what the pledge levels are and and what. Yeah. How big the book is maybe and so on and so forth 
Yeah. So uh, the book will probably be anywhere from 140 to 200 pages, depending on the final edits and anything we like uh, unlock, etc. Uh, we're not doing stretch goals per se, so uh, it'll it'll kind of be flexible in there. So what's going on is you've got your you got your core rules inside the book at 80 pages, and that's everything you need for cyberpunk. You've got multiple archetypes, you've got vehicles, you've got drones, you've got hacking, you've got cyberware, you've got you know, enemies, you got, uh, we kind of re-engineered our GMing section a little bit. This is the book that's going to have a new GMing section to it. So it's going to have some extra stuff now, a little more robust, more tips, tricks, helps to play in Tiny D6 and running it. We've, uh, we're doing what we did in Tiny Supers. There's now a default setting rather than micro settings this time. So you'll get, uh, you'll get that. And every one of those will have one page adventures, like focuses on city districts, blocks, things like that. So, uh, there's three pledge levels. You got your PDF, you've got your print and PDF, and then you've got the deluxe. This is the last time we're doing the bag, uh, long-term backers over the last, uh, eight years, probably remember the bag, which is, uh, like a storage bag. You get to put all your book in and stuff. Everything goes in it nice and handcrafted. Uh, we, this is the last one. So, uh, if you want a bag, this is the only chance to get one, but we'll be, uh, we'll be doing that. We got all kinds of goodies, GM screen, uh, tear off character sheet pads, more stuff we're unlocking. We're rolling in a pretty hardcore VTT uh, integration now. So there will be like roll 20 character sheets, VTT tokens. We're going to do some stuff like that. So Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we're seeing definitely uh, th that side of the the industry is definitely just boomed over the last couple of years just because yeah. Yeah, people they're... are finding out that uh, you know playing online is a great way to, great option to to actually get these these games uh, played, yeah. Um, let's see what uh, if anybody has any questions for Alan. Feel free to let, leave them in the chat. We'll I'll add them as as we go along. I forgot to say that at the top of the uh, top of the session. Um, yeah, Alan, what what do you think you've learned as far as because uh, this is how how many tiny D six games have you made? You've made. At least uh, five or six that I can that that I not know counting of. the small ones. We're we're probably at fifteen. Wow, that's crazy. Count the small ones because you got you know you got your big ones. You got Cthulhu. You got uh, Dungeon Frontiers. Super. Wasteland, yeah. Supers, right? Then you got Gunslingers, Tiny Gods, Beach Patrol. Uh, you've got Tiny Living Dead. You know, and Advanced Tiny Dungeon uh, stuff like that. So you know, we're probably sitting anywhere from a dozen or so to more. Not counting unreleased stuff that I've written. So, sure, sure. What do, what lessons and what design uh, things have you learned along these this path that uh, yeah has gotten gotten you to where uh, Tiny Cyberpunk you think might be might be right at the the top of your uh, design career? Well, I I mean that's a that's a bold statement. I'm not sure I'm gonna call it the top of my design career. Top of the d Tiny D6 design career. I definitely think it's probably the most consistent and robust Tiny D6 product to date, I'd say. Um, we definitely have, I've, I've made a big effort over the last two years to what we were waiting, go through and sort of streamline how we communicate inside the game. So I've improved the rules templating a lot. So things are more clear. I've worked on improving the GM section to communicate the intent behind the game as I've uh, been doing this coming on 10 years now. 
Uh, I've really been making a focus the last couple of years to work on communicating my intent as a designer. So if you pick up the book, you kind of have this idea of what I intend. So when you do go to change it, you know, you're you're sort of equipped to understand what my intent was when you are changing it. Because let's, let's be honest, they're going to change it. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, there's a lot of streamlining in how we communicate, a lot of talking uh, about that. We kind of reworked the standardized template a bit. So a lot of our tiny games work on the same basic template or structure and uh, tiny cyberpunk is going to have a lot of new stuff there. We've kind of created a more consistent and internal style guide, a lot of really boring stuff that as a game designer and a game company, you kind of got to do, you know, to improve the product. So, I mean, I can go into like why we made decisions about Oxford commas and stuff. But I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> you know, a lot of it's that kind of stuff, right? Little quality. Of right. Right. That you won't maybe notice on their own, but as you get the whole product, you know, hopefully there's there's sort of an elevated improvement to just the core concepts throughout it while we're remaining consistent, right? Very cool. Um, as as you design tiny 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 cyber, cyberpunk, what what cyberpunk media? Did you tap into, or did you go back and, and read and 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 dive into and and kind of give you inspiration for tidying cyberpunk as as you were designing over the last couple of years? Oh man! So as a, as a teen, or maybe a little younger, I was consuming stuff like Appleseed, uh, Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, uh, you know, Akira, stuff like that, right? And so that that's a big influence on me. Um, a lot of the great modern cyberpunk stuff is a big influence. I actually didn't do as much this time because last year we released a game called Crescendo of Violence. I wrote through yep. Austin games and that's a cyber noir. So it has a lot of the visual influence to cyberpunk. So back then I consumed just tons of the stuff as I was working on that. So this time I was kind of like, eh, it's pretty fresh. I don't really, I actually spent more time delving back into the, uh, to the books I used to read that were cyberpunk, you know, your William Gibson. Mm -hmm. Your your burning chromes, your your things like that. So, very cool. Yeah, uh, Michael has a question. Says, "What's the hardest aspect of design to t take typically a big big theme games to the tiny model?" Yeah. So, generally speaking, in Tiny D six, my core rule is to minimize the amount of rolls you have to make to resolve a particular situation. Like my rule of thumb is you should have, you should roll once and be able to know the outcome of whatever you're rolling for. You know, so if we were to look at, we'll use D and D 5e as an example, because everybody knows 5e pretty well. If you play RPGs, you roll to hit and then you roll damage, right? That's a two-step process. Uh, the goal in Tiny D6 is to remove as many steps as possible, get down to a one-step process. So in case of Tiny D6, damage is static. So you just roll to hit, boom, you're done, right? Uh, and so that that's all well and good for a lot of things. Like it's pretty easy to reduce things like attacks or talking to one step processes. It's really hard to reduce things like hacking to a mm. one step process. Cause you've got to deal with things like how good is the firewall, you know, or whatever we're looking at, you know, what, what are the consequences of failing a hacking role? Uh, how close do I have to be versus how far? What if I have this equipment? Like there's a lot of pieces that go into it, you know, and part of the design challenge uh, of a, a cyberpunk game in general is a lot of times, especially the older the game, I think, the more you often have this 
attitude or this maybe perception that the hacker just stayed back at base and did all his things from there and was playing kind of a separate RPG mini game from everybody else, right? Because the rules they were using were so different. If you look at old Shadowrun or Cyberpunk 2020, right? The game works this way, but when we move into hacking, it actually works this way now. And only one person can really do that. So either the rest of the party is waiting while the hacker does their micro game to hack in through the data pad, or it doesn't just, it doesn't flow. Right. And so part of what I was trying to do is how can I plug this all in and make it seamless? So the hacker, even if they're not with the party, like mm-hmm. on site, they can still be part of sort of the initiative order and engage and interact and move through that process with the team. So it's not like, okay, and now we're going to turn it over to the hacker for his micro game and then bring it back. Right. Nobody wants that. So. Yeah. Nobody wants to be like, taken out of the moment. Right. It should feel like a heist movie at its core to me, like the cyberpunk genre on the RPG table specifically, because you got a team of specialists. They're trying to do something generally and everybody's got their focus. And so how do you, how do you do that without causing a break in the tension or making everybody irrelevant for a moment? Right. So. Sure. Very, very cool. Um, so did you did you say how big this book is going to be? You it'll said be it was digest size like all our tiny size books. Okay. Yep, it'll be um, the, uh, digest size five and a half by eight and a half. Nice, very good. So you'll be able to fit it all in that uh, in that bag. Oh, that nice uh, bag. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that uh, that you mentioned early on, yeah. and I think that uh, in in this in, in in the campaign was that. And with some of your previous uh, campaigns, you've you've done like this uh, special edition cover, that uh, but this this one is not going to have that. If if I'm if we we stopped that, that after Tiny Cthulhu. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We haven't done that for a couple of years. We used to do faux leathers, uh, and instead we moved to we used to do like a soft cover faux leather split. So if you wanted the hardcover, you got the faux leather. The soft covers were kind of the standard that went into retail. Yep. And we, around 2020, we, uh, Tiny Cthulhu was the last one we did that. And I decided, you know, it's a lot of work to like print a separate print run just for retail. So we just moved straight to a default, like everybody's getting a hardcover, you know, and that's the same hardcover we're going to put into retail. So the uh, deluxe upgrades are going to be like accessories you can only get from that deluxe pledge level. Nice. Like the character sheet tear off pad and the reference stuff. That's all going to be deluxe only. Yeah, that, that's a super smart uh, way to do it. And yeah. I, I... That's that's great. And speaking of going to retail, um, we should talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that if folks are, if this is the the first tiny D six uh, campaign that they've backed. You can actually go back uh, and with uh, some of the some of the yeah. uh, add ons, you can get some of the the previous titles that you that you've put out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Wastelands Frontiers Cthulhu, uh, those are all twenty five percent off. Those are you know soft covers that we have in stock from previous campaigns or whatever. Uh, full color, soft cover, Tiny Super is 20 bucks, right? Again, Tiny Super is award-winning, best-selling superhero RPG. It's our minimalist superhero game. All these games are compatible, which makes them really flexible. If you want to do, uh, you know, Shadow Running on Cthulhu, well, you slap Tiny Cyberpunk and Tiny Cthulhu together, you're good to go. Um, but the big thing a lot of people are into right now is that uh, the new printing, we're reprinting Tiny Dungeon in a hardcover for retail. Uh, to put a new edition into retail because we're out. And uh, so to, to, for all the backers, we're selling that hardcover to them at 10 bucks for... That's stuff. crazy. Yeah, pretty good price point. Um, normally it goes for about 35 So 
you can you can add it. You can add up as many as you want to your. Project. Well, I mean, I think, there's a limit. I, think I think I think there's a 10, 10 copy limit. I, I might have I, I might have I might have checked that out, Alan. Yeah, there's a ten copy limit, but uh, I I won't stop anybody from getting ten copies. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's uh we're gonna we're up to print a certain number anyway, so we may as well just get as many out there as we can. Um, so and it will be the latest updated or added printing, and uh, we we've been talking about running a separate campaign just for yep. that reprint, and I was like, eh, that's a lot of work. Let's just tag it on here. We're doing this anyway, and sure. if people want it, they they can add it. Boom, done. Or if you don't want anything else, you can literally back this for a buck, upgrade to the, you know, uh, the. Oh wait, you can't back it for a buck. That's a lie. Don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> at the minimum, you have to get a physical thing, so you would have to back sure. for the thirty-five dollar plus level. But then you could add this on. Sure. But yeah, so yeah. anybody can uh, can grab this. So that's awesome. And I'm going to tell folks that uh, if you've ever thought about getting an RPG book for a gift for somebody, super great, uh, super super great option there. Yes. Uh, don't expect it yeah. before Christmas, though, please. No, 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 no. Of course, this is, just, can watch that right now. Planning well in advance. Now, you do have a uh, an expected delivery date around June. Is that for the the June, physical July. copies? Yeah, for the June, July. Yeah, July. Yeah, be much July. earlier. Um, yeah, nice. I actually anticipate it will be earlier because everything is basically ready to go. But this is the first project we are printing overseas. Uh, oh, so okay. Nice. We've in China. We haven't done that before. So. Sure. Uh, we will, uh, there will be some learning curve and we're going to run into Chinese New Year. So I kind of just threw in a big old cushion. I don't actually expect to need it all, but right. you know, I've learned over the last couple of years that no matter what I expect, the world's going to throw a giant, uh, not even a wrench, like a mountain in my way. So sure. well, I, I will tell folks that, uh, you know, if they've never backed an Alan Barr project, um, your communication is amazing with backers. That's one thing that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, I, I have to give. Credit where credit's due on, on, on all sorts of publishers that, that use Kickstarter and use it the right way. And, and you are definitely one of those those creators and one of those publishers. Um, you know, even if there is a little bit of a delay, which the majority of your, your campaigns have all delivered on time or early. Um, so I, I'm going to tell You're folks. pretty consistent. To, yeah. yeah. But, you know, printer printing, especially post sort of 2020 printing, has been a kind of a wild west. Sure. Uh, you can end up. Get having no paper out of nowhere sometimes, and be like, "I we, we planned, and there's no paper, right. so here we go." Right, and that's still happening this year. Like we've had a project just sitting there because, like, oh, there was a paper delay because a port's backed up. Well, okay, thanks. Well, if anything has happened, as anything has taught us, and learned anything over these last couple of years, I should say, it's that shipping. Yep. International shipping is just—it's like with the wild west out there. You just never know because so it's just, it's you, just so crazy. you never fail to deliver everything we promised. And right. even if it's late, we'll keep you up to date. But exactly. I won't pretend there's not a chance it could be late. But I—I've really worked hard to make sure this one's going to be on time. Like all the art is in, all the writing's pretty much done, other than any bonuses. So like we're going to go to edit, we're going to go to layout. Like on a personal level, I kind of hope to have it out before the end of the year. But wow. uh, yep. we'll see. Like that's kind of maybe. Yeah. So um, speaking of, of art, let's let's acknowledge your artist. Let's, let's Nick. Yeah. Nick is back. It looks like Nick has never left. Technically, oh, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. So uh, Nicholas Giocondino is our fantastic artist from Argentina. I've worked with him on pretty much every tiny project except uh, Mechas and Monsters and the first tiny dungeon. Like he's been our he's our main guy for interiors, and he's doing the cover this time now. We we gave him a promotion, or, nice. or like, he begged me to let him do the cover, and I was like, sure, whatever. 
Very cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so Nick is great. Nick's fantastic. We've got some we got some fun add-ons coming with him, like a like a bookmark that's actually a comic that you can thumb through that's like long like a bookmark. So you get those like three panel newspaper. I haven't announced that yet, so it would surprise everybody. Oh wow! I guess that's an exclusive here. So it'd be like that's a little awesome. page comic slash bookmark that you can use as a bookmark. It also has a comic for the setting to kind of introduce you to it. Oh, nice, very cool. Um, we got some other stuff he's doing. Uh, he'll be doing the GM screen, big three panel, full color GM screen. Well, I say big. Tiny D6 screens, it'll be right. small. But, but yeah, so it should be good. Uh, I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, let's see here. M Michelle wants to know, will there be tiny dice? No, we are not doing dice for our projects anymore, really. Um, primarily because the inclusion of dice changes the shipping cost a lot for a lot of backers, and they ended up not sure. wanting them. Because book only often is you don't get customs, you don't. It's much cheaper to ship internationally, etc. And so you know, kind of do their requests. People are like, we don't really dice are great, but we have lots of dice. Let's you know, I prefer to yeah. save the money on shipping than get dice. Okay, you know that's fair. Plus, once once you add anything to like a book, right? You you go from media mail to in, first in class the, mail, and it just in the U.S. it changes yeah. dramatically, right? So that's crazy. Everything we're adding is something that will keep it in media mail at this at this stage, except for the deluxe, which you know you're getting what you get in that one. So, uh, hungry says I do love character sheet tear off pads, which me too. Yep, absolutely. That's gonna be a fun one. And then he says, uh, the longer this live stream goes on, the lighter my wallet is getting. Yeah. Sorry, hunger. I'm sorry, but not sorry. Yeah, I'm not gonna apologize for that. I, I don't really <laughs> about that actually. Uh, that's awesome. How long can I stretch this? Let's see what else do I got. <clears throat> so I know all the state capitals. I'm going to recite them now. You ready? All right. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great that uh, it looks like it's like uh, more people were also excited. Let's see. Soto here says uh, that was a great idea. I picked up some I didn't have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great great way to to get more. Yeah, and money. one of the big things we're doing is uh, we're actually doing our fulfillment through our web store. So you'll be able to add oh. anything we have in our web store anyway. Oh, okay. So we, we worked, we've been spending the last year working to integrate our web store for our pledge manager. So oh, that's neat. you'll actually get an email from our web store. You'll be able to just go into our web store with your account. It'll add the stuff to your uh, discount, like a tie to your account. So you can just get the books, boom. And then uh, anything you want, you can add a combined shipping and save money, whatever you want. If it's in stock on our web store, good to go. Very cool. Is this, a, this is the first project that you've done that with? Or? Uh, we're doing it. We ran a small 100 backer zine project. We're doing it on as like a test bed. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this will be the first big one. So very cool. That's a yeah. good way. We've hopefully been quietly it, uh, beta testing it for a bit. So hopefully that, that also saves you a little bit of funds on the on the back end too. Because... Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, part of it is just keeping everything together for people. Like it's easier when all sure. your stuff in one place, right? So Absolutely. and we get we get preferred shipping rates through our store and everything like that so kind of like why would we do this somewhere else differently twice right absolutely so martin is not wrong nick's art is glorious but he does very good art yeah he's so good uh, at the arts. yeah absolutely uh yeah. let's let's ask a question about uh, tiny cyberpunk let's go back to that just a little bit uh if folks already have mm -hmm. a cyberpunk rpg that they go to yeah, that, like that, that's 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 because you've you've mentioned a couple Fair of them game. early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like 
why what what would you tell them why would you tell them to back tiny cyberpunk well i mean first as a person who's a big anybody who knows me knows how much i love rpgs even if i didn't make them i just love them yep um i would say if you have a game you truly love and you're like wow well, it's okay don't back it if you don't want to like i, I there are games i like uh, i already have something i like in this i'm not gonna back it that's fine right i'm not offended by that i i get that um so first that's fine but second you know, what Tiny Cyberpunk is really going to be good at is character creation is going to be really quick, like two, three minutes tops. If you just want to play something for a one-off, you know, you're not going to have to spend a ton of time making characters or using pre-gens. You'll be able to kind of roll forward and get going in under 10 minutes with the game. And it'll have a bunch of pre-made adventures. Like, it'll be as close to pick up and play while still being an RPG as I can get it for you. And so... You know, that would be my selling point. Like, it's great for cons, low prep, easy to teach. It's great for one-offs. It's also great for campaigns. But, you know, a lot of people, if you got a favorite system, well, this is great for something in between that. So. Absolutely. I, I, people ask me all the time, like, what what is a great entry-level RPG to get people playing RPGs? It's quick, quick and easy that, like, I just want to, like, get my buddies together at a con or an event and just without teaching them a whole bunch of rules and and the either tiny dungeon is my go-to or I say tiny secret depends on what, what right. like genre they want to play. But uh, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's usually well, my, we're walking all the genres. So you can be like, pick a genre, boom, tiny game. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Is it too early to ask for an example of how well, hacking works in the system? So selfishly, I will tell you that if you go back my Patreon and pay me, you will get a work <laughs> in progress, a PDF that you can look at for it. That will tell you. And then I get paid a little bit. So, you know, that. But no, so the way it works is there's a list of specific hacking actions or operations you can take. And what happens is uh, you compare it to the thing you hack, which will have like a firewall rating. Uh, it's not called that in the game, but I'm just kind of using generic terminology to make it easy to parse. And that determines if you roll with advantage, standard, or disadvantage. And then you roll. And if you succeed, will you execute your operation? If you fail, every firewall has one or more kickback options that tell you what happens if you fail. So it's still one roll. You kind of just go down the list. So uh, the basic kickback is like it boots you out of the system, right? And then there's one that like they trace you and they fry you a little bit, you know, kind of a or there's one where they launch a satellite missile at you. Like, so there, there's, there's, I think there's 10 kickbacks currently. Oh, wow. So like, and so you can use those to customize how strong the firewall is. Um, and that kind of determines, you know, hacking uh, somebody's firewall on their cyberware is going to be a lot easier generally than hacking a major corporation's data server, right? And so it's this one roll. Uh, the firewall tells you what to roll. The firewall tells you the consequences of failing. You know that all in advance, so you can decide what you want to do. So. Traces Cyber Ferret Sky Pirates of the Multiverse. I mean, that's yes, what the tiny for, so go nuts. Absolutely. Uh, Michael asks, what is the most enjoyable part of creating tiny systems? The initial idea, fleshing out the rules, the final products realized, etc. Do you want the do you want the sarcastic but truthful answer or do you want the marketing speak answer? I think we I think we want both of them. I think I think we want the marketing and then the, the sarcastic answer. So the marketing speak answer is, and this is true, it's not a lie, but uh you know, seeing everybody get their games and be happy playing them and them telling me the stories about enjoying them with, you know, kids or sure. friends who don't really role play or, you know, there, there's a lot of joy for me and people saying, I used your games to onboard people into the hobby. 
because I love this hobby and I want to see that happen. Right. And so for me, that's probably the biggest thing is getting that finished product into the hands of, uh, of people who are going to use it to create new RPG fans. Like that's kind of the thing I love the most. Maybe the truthful sarcastic answer is getting paid because our tiny U6 games make the most for Galena games. Sure. Absolutely. So I like staying in business this is my full-time job. I like eating food. You can't see this because you can only see my top part, but I love eating food. There's this big old belly down here. And uh, tiny, tiny games let me do that. So for, I, like, for the, I like that part a lot too. For those who have never met Alan in person, Alan is a tall, tall man. And uh, he's, uh, in fact, you should know, Alan. I, I, we talked about you at the Game Hall Con. I, I saw Craig from Black Oak oh. Workshop, who, who you usually, you know, who you've gotten your dice with through previously and uh like we brought up your name and and he's just like that dude is just big he's a tall dude i'm like yeah he's he he towers over me so you should know that uh we all love you alan and uh we we love the fact that you're very tall in stature i i promise to only use my height for good (laughs) like getting stuff off the shelf uh face says i can finally run when gravity falls setting again fails gravity fails oh gravity fails is that fails oh yeah see how my reading glasses on because you know i'm old and then yeah we won't we won't talk about that well the gray hair kind of gave it away so yeah i know, I know. yeah it's all right it has good gotten... well let's talk a little bit about you know it's gotten grayer i mean people can go back to like the original like the first time you've been on oh well you know you know what they say alan they say grass doesn't grow on a busy street, so that's oh, that's, no. that's 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 why it's all, hey, all smooth up there. My little beanie, because I was like, I'm gonna be on the internet. I'm gonna blind the camera. Gotta gotta cover it up. Uh, uh, Wasteland Sniper says the tall, sarcastic, and fun as heck. Hey, to play games with. That's a that's a friend of ours from Utah. He used to be in our game group. So, uh, Trey G says Alan is great. He puts up with my crazy ideas. He also puts up with my crazy ideas too, which is also put up with my know. own crazy ideas. So yeah, you know, my super. Uh, what what I was saying is like you're one of the first uh, sessions that uh, you know when VCG kind of pivoted and and moved into the RPG space and covering RPG space. Um, I think I had you on for the first Mechas and Monsters I campaign. I'm, I think I'm the credit for uh, for moving you into RPGs because Mechas and Monsters I think, moved you in. I, Absolutely. Well, that was what I was going to, I was going to get to. I said, I said, uh, you know, and I was going to tell the audience that if, if anybody, you know, enjoys the content here on BCG, it's because of this gentleman right here. Well, thank um, you. That's you know, he, he definitely, he, he solidified the fact that, that, I, that I had this assumption that uh, the RPG uh, industry hobby did not have enough uh, content for creators and and for folks to kind of get word out about their games and and so if you enjoy any of the content here i'm going to say you know and, and you're even remotely uh, interested in cyberpunk go uh, give uh, give alan some support on this campaign because he's, he's a big reason big even, reason why uh, the vcg is the way it is even a buck can share it out on your twitter or your x or your facebook or your blue sky or your reds or mastodon i don't know what all the social media things are i'm old now like but the new tiktoks that's a thing i guess i don't know but like wherever you share it, share it. So, you know, and that's always <laughs> appreciated and uh, love it. So it's, it's, that's the best great. thing you can do for us. 
absolutely absolutely so yeah a lot just, more questions uh, coming in holy crap we got we got some yeah let's say let's take a look here uh we blue nova says would there ever be a chance for a tiny dungeon 3e with nick doing the art i mean so i am currently trying to sell people on buying a 2e book so <laughs> i literally cannot say yes like <laughs> I don't I don't know how to respond to that. Like if I was yeah. like, yeah, sure, they'd be like, well, why the hell am I buying this book? Well, I'm save my 10 bucks. I'm not gonna all wait know, until the third know. edition comes out. Is so I guess the honest answer is is there a chance? Absolutely. Um if if it is going to happen, uh, I will say quite honestly, you know, I will be honest, I have thought about it. Um, but I think if it's gonna happen, we are year or years away from something like that at this point because it is still doing well there's still no reason to uh it, it's kind of in the place where like there's still enough demand for it i don't feel the need to just do a new edition for the sake of it sure right like and even if i did it would more be like a big refinement than like a whole new like we wouldn't be changing a ton we'd be cleaning it up we'd be improving the text but like it's gonna be the same game right so for now, we have an edition that works really well. People like it. People know it. No, sticking with that for the moment. So the answer to your question, yes, but that shouldn't stop you from buying 2E because you're going to be able to use that for a long time. Or, you know, at least a year, I guess. Let's see here. Uh, Ray love says, uh, love your products. Join your Patreon. And I don't know if anybody's aware, but but Alan has a, has a Gallant Night Games Patreon. I don't know if that's been games. I don't know if that's been addressed yet in this in this stream. Whatever games. Uh, hope you hope you do this forever and put out great products for those of us that just love gaming. That's all. Awesome. I love ninety percent of that. I hope I don't do this forever because it's so <laughs> stressful. I used to have a full head of hair when I started, and you know, sorry, right. my my hair was much was was much less gray. You know, back before I had you on, Alan. I I get that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Alan's, uh, Brandon says, Alan is still working on perfecting his solar flare attack. Beanie is there to protect us. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Martin says, Alan's actually the only guy who can make me buy another cyberpunk game. Nick's art is the cherry on top. See, the problem is Martin's only saying that because I physically twisted his arm until he was going to buy it. So, like, I literally made him do it. I was like, you're going to stand over oh, the oh. and do this, and I will hurt yeah. you until you do it. Because I liked his Luchador game, and I was like, I'm going to put you in a headlock, and then, like, you know, a figure four leg lock until you back my game. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, well, well, <laughs> no, uh, everyone, I mean, the kind words are really appreciated. Like, it's, it's nice to see and hear and interact with everybody, you know, like, it's hard not to be sarcastic and self effacing. So, I'll, thanks for bringing some positive joy into my day. It's it's great. I mean, that's that's one thing. I, I another thing I have to give you a lot of credit for, Alan, is that you've fostered a, a really great community around your Tiny D six and just all the games at Gallant Night Games. You know, you've you've, uh, you've got a great uh, Facebook uh, community. You've got a great Discord community. I know the Discord community is very very uh, active. I don't think I've put a link to the Discord in the in the. In the There's uh, one on the Kickstarter page at the bottom. So if you scroll down, but, you can join. Yeah. Um. And uh, if, if folks are interested or would like to interact with you at all, I, I'd say join definitely join the Discord because it's just a, a great great place to kind of 
and to know other other gamers and, and yeah, to kind of people are running games out there. You can join games. You can hop in. You know, we have a Patreon only channel where you get to ask questions and do AMAs with me and play games with me and stuff like that. So, uh, let's see here. Jorge says, "Will you be at any cons in 2024?" Uh, undetermined. Uh, cons have gotten more and more expensive as things have increased in cost, and that makes it hard because the sale. I sell luxury goods. I sell games and things people don't need to survive. So when costs go up, my products are the first thing people drop off their shopping list in a lot of ways. Just in general, RPGs go down, right? And so that you got to buy, you got to buy eggs and milk and water and food, right? Like so, as it, it gets more expensive to go to cons, people buy less games. There's kind of this vicious cycle of, well, I don't know. So maybe I can't promise anything yet. But, you know, we always post on our Facebook, we post in our newsletter, we post in our Discord. So if you're in any of those places, you'll know when, as soon as I tell everybody. Sure. As, as speaking as someone who goes to a lot of conventions, um, I will say that the, the overhead costs to do conventions has gone up tremendously since 2019 or 2020. Uh, you know, it's it's just, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, we're seeing some some record numbers in attendance, but it's it's also, you know, those those convention runners are, are definitely knowing that they that they have well, to increase the prices. Also, right. shipping everything costs a lot more. Yeah, There's this thing called triage. I don't know if folks are aware of this thing called triage. Have you heard of triage? It's awesome. It's where a, a venue will charge you from getting your project delivered to putting it out onto the floor, and then they charge you so much per pound. It's amazing, Alan. It's it's crazy. The, the, Why do you think I'm always sweating and hauling all my books in myself? <laughs> I got to do it on a budget. So, Trey uh, asks, I'm curious. Will this game also be on Drive Through RPG in the future? I wanted to take part in the Kickstarter, but for yes, we always put our games on Drive Through RPG and PDF and print on demand because it makes them more accessible to everybody around the world. Because Drive Through prints in multiple local multinational facilities, so you can usually get the best shipping and tax deal for yourself. So, especially if you're international, you know, your the PDF will be more post game. So, if you're thinking about it, ten bucks for the PDF will get you the best deal. Like, hop in now and you'll get a discount anyway. But, or you know, you'll at least have the PDF until there's a sale. But, uh, you know, yeah, like it'll be on drive through. Absolutely, it'll be after the Kickstarter delivers though. So it'll be a while. Uh, Wasteland Stepper says, I still miss you guys being at SaltCon. SaltCon was nice because we lived three blocks away, and so it was really affordable. Sure. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. When, yeah. when you didn't have to, like, ship and, and pay for a hotel yeah, and travel. Right now, or... I just throw it in my garage, went home, you know, was... call my dogs for a minute, come back, take a shower, whatever. Uh, before we close out, we were almost at 40 minutes. I told you we'd probably be just be a half hour. Um, is there any tiny setting that you haven't done that you're like, oh, you know what? I should probably do this next. Just to give people a photo, just to give folks a, a, a uh, I know that there's people probably wondering because you've done done quite a few different genres. Is is there one out there that you're like, mm, maybe I should put this one out on? on We're on gonna that. have a more urban horror, urban fantasy style tiny horror game coming eventually uh oh, nice. so cosmic horror for tiny cthulhu and then if you want to do your vampires your werewolves your monsters that'll be tiny tiny gothic horror i don't know what the title is yet like i haven't named it but whatever that looks like that'll be uh that'll that'll be the next probably the next big genre book 
Okay. And uh, I would like to do some remastering. Like I'd love to go back and do a new edition of Wastelands. Uh, that'd be high on my list one day. I'd love to do sort of a... I, like, I I see Tiny D6s hitting this point where rather than doing new editions, we're just kind of in the cycle of maintaining and updating the books so they're always consistent and on the same flow. Um, and that's my that's kind of my dream is like sort of a perpetual ecosystem where rather than we're running a Kickstarter for a new edition, well, you know, we're, we're going to standardize all our books, you know, one book a year or every year and kind of this rolling standardization to keep them all up to date. You know, but to do that effectively, you got to have like 10 books so you can do one a year um, or else people are going to get, you know, burned out on things like that. So, uh, let's see here. Wasteland Sniper says Tiny Pirates. You, you've already done Tiny Pirates. I might want to check that out. Just so. The second edition of that that just came out like two weeks ago. Second edition Tiny Pirates. We stealth launched it on DriveThruRPG and tell anybody. Trey has a great question that uh, maybe we should, we should uh, end the sh show on. Nope. Hey, can you do a tiny omnibus edition where it has everything? That would be crazy. No. <laughs> not doing that. Uh, I, will, I will not do that. I will not do a generic tiny decent system. No. Nope. No, you're not gonna. You, you never never thought about doing like a. Oh, I thought about no, it. There's, there's there's no, no. no it's because I thought about it. Uh, okay. I couldn't say no if I hadn't thought about it. Sure. Uh, no, I, to me, the strength of Tiny D6 is the fact that you have these plug-and-play genre mechanics that people can fine-tune their games. And to do a big omnibus edition, to do a generic system, we would lose a lot of that, or it would become so bloated that it would sort of miss the point, which is the straightforward, easy-to-teach, easy-to-learn, easy-to-understand game. There, there's an art to... Minimalization isn't taking stuff out, it's reducing stuff to the bare minimum. And there's a real risk to bloat, especially at a minimalist level, because it starts to obscure the core baseline that you need the game to operate on. And so, you know, looking at all that stuff, I've kind of hit this point where I'm like, I don't, if I were to put it all in this big book, one, it would be massive. Like I was counting the other day cause I was curious. I've written, I've written over 10,000 pages of tiny content. Right. Like I, what am I going to do with that? <sighs> Like, are we going to buy that book? I'm not going to, I don't want that book. <laughs> like, and then two, you know, you would, you kind of, it's the lose the forest for the trees thing, right? Like, like I, I would rather folks be able to appreciate the elegance of this grove of trees and go, look at this majestic forest. And that looks too big. I'm going to walk around it. Right. Like now the, the goal of tiny D six is to make games easy to play, easy to teach, easy to learn, easy to understand. And my concern with the generic or an omnibus edition would be we would lose sight of that goal. And sure. so if I ever solved that problem for myself from a design and sort of business perspective, then yeah, maybe, right? But I have not hit on a way in 10 years where I think I could do that effectively. So and I would have to say at this time, that's kind of just not anywhere on the project planner radar. Yeah, I totally agree. That's Thanks for understanding. Very, like, very agrees as well. I hate, if you know me, you know I hate saying no to stuff. Like I'm like, no, let's do the fun thing, right? It's games. Games are great. But like, it just I would be difficult for me to do it in a way that felt organic. And part of that is because certain things are compatible. Like in Wastelands and Frontiers, we have archetypes, right? Yeah. Which are like professions or jobs. But then we also have heritages, which are more like uh, cultures or 
you know, biological life and things like that. And then in supers, we have super roles. And so all these things are different and they don't operate on the same level because the genre has different demands. And the reason they can exist separately as different tiny books is because mechanically they all work the same. And so you can plug and play them as you want with ease. But if we were to put them in the same book, we would have to unify that baseline across communication. Whereas by keeping them separate, we're allowed to be flexible to the demands of genre. And that's really important to me. Because the point of Tiny D6 genre books is to say, here's how you do this genre sort of as effectively with as little as possible, right? And by putting it all together, we would have to re-engineer the entire baseline to make it all work that way. That's a big answer. All right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think before uh, before we take off, let's uh, before we end the session, let's talk a little. Let's go over the the pledge levels one more time. Tiny Cyberpunk Digital, ten dollars for the PDF, uh, which is an, a discounted price from what it's probably going to be at uh, drive through. And uh, anybody wants the PDF in print, it's thirty dollars plus sh plus shipping. I'm guessing. Yep, shipping will be charged in our web store later. So. And then if you want the deluxe pledge, it's $50, and you get uh, GM screen, storage bag, which the bags are super awesome, uh, which I've got quite a few of those uh, from previous campaigns, and then the hardcover book and uh, character sheet pad. Yeah, and we're adding new add-ons. Like, we're going to be having a guest author do a new corporation for the book. We're going to have BTT stuff. I'm going to be posting a later update probably tomorrow, previewing some hacking rules in the next bonus we're adding to all the deluxe pledges and print. Everybody else will get it digitally. So there's stuff coming. Awesome. I love it. Uh, I'm going to tell folks if, uh, if you are interested, go check out the link in the description of this video. If you back Titan Cyberpunk, let me know in the comments. Or if you're just a fan of, of Alan's games in general, uh, let me know which one you, is your favorite. And Alan, if folks would like to connect with you more, I know we've mentioned the Discord. Is there any other way that folks would uh, are able to? Just just the Discord. Discord and Facebook group. I hang out there. Otherwise, I try to keep my socials private. So Very good. I, Very good. I am really accessible in Discord and on the Facebook group. It's not hard to find me. So sure. just do it there. <laughs> Very good. All right, folks, uh, if you enjoyed this session, please hit that like button down below. If you uh, know of anybody that is interested in Tiny D6 games and hasn't seen this video, please feel free to share this with them. Uh, I'm going to uh, tell you that uh, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you as part of the VCG community where we get to showcase all sorts of tabletop games and their creators like the one and only Alan Barr here, who... Uh, has, has, it's been a hot minute since you've been on, but uh, we hopefully we'll have you back again soon here, uh, Alan. I uh, appreciate you. And, and uh, like I said, uh, thank you for, for all the support that you've, you've given this show over the years. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, we've been able to help uh, you know, bring some success your way as well. And, and uh, we just want to see, see you succeed because you're such a big, tall, imposing, awesome RPG creator. And, and we love you a lot. And uh, I hope... Uh, Hope that this campaign is is one of the 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 big high watermarks for uh, funding for uh, Gallant Night Games. Uh, that would uh, be great. Yeah. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this session. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs>